Hello there, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Got another Clingers Have Spoken coming at you today. I'm having a pretty good day so far. It's Thursday morning, sitting here in my apartment, drinking coffee, recording this podcast. Uh, Joel and I talked last night after the episode. Great episode of Survivor. Uh, Just fun, fun character stuff. So you're not going to want to miss it. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet, obviously there's spoilers. So don't be listening to the podcast if you haven't watched the episode. Um, Unless you don't watch the show and you're just supporting me as a person, then I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. We also talked about the Will Smith thing at the end, even though I'm sure no one really cares what me and Joel have to say about it. Um, But yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, tuning in, supporting the podcast. You are amazing. You're a beautiful person. I love you immensely. All right, have a good one and enjoy the episode. Bye. everybody we just watched episode four of season 42 of survivor i'm joel Klinger. alongside of me as always through zoom is my brother michael and we are ready to break it down with you michael how are you feeling feeling good man i don't want to spoil i won't spoil anything in, in this if if you haven't watched this episode what are you doing dude why are you listening to this podcast we're what gonna are you spoil doing? everything all right, you have five seconds to turn it off. Five. five, four, three, two, one. Okay, I'm so glad that my girl, Tori, did not go home. <laughs> Tori is yeah. a great TV character, and she needs to stay on the show. Just like I was happy that Lydia didn't go home last week. Now, all due respect to Swati, I like her game. I wish that she could have stayed, okay? But Tori is uh, loud chaos. Swati may be manipulative chaos, quiet chaos. But Tori is just, like, trying to make play after play. And so far, she has not hit one time. (laughs) But don't do you not think that Tori's, like, in a place that she has to scramble? Or they would just, they would have voted her out. Well, she kind of has to now because I feel like she was going too hard at the beginning. Yeah. It's and all down playing. to the first episode. She's playing from behind right now. Yeah. You never want to play from behind. Right. Um Yeah. So let's run through the episode. The first thing that happens is we get back from tribal council with the green tribe. Of course, Mike Daniel and Chanel all jump ship and are like, yo, what just happened? Daniel's like, I don't even want to talk about it tonight. Of course, it's not going to work. What's he thinking? Come on, Daniel. What are you doing? Um, and Chanel just tells everyone that Mike has an idol um, and he can't vote. And it's like, oh, snap. <laughs> um, now everyone knows that. Great. Um, and the that, that tribe dynamic is now just so firmly like Hi and Lydia will just do whatever they want and drag whoever they want and eliminate whoever they want. And yeah. How do we feel about that? I feel kind of solid about it. I mean, I feel great. I feel like Daniel and Chanel went from being in like the ideal spot at the beginning of last episode to now being like on the bottom of a five-person tribe. 
Like I feel like it's I feel like it was pretty clear that Mike and Hi are together. Like they showed them like talking at the beginning of the episode and then like throughout the episode you see Mike and Hi like hugging and yeah. like sharing moments during the challenges. And I so I can't believe we just did that, man. Yeah, like I I think <laughs> I that <love> you. <laughs> Daniel and Chanel are are on the bottom and it's their own fault. And I really feel for him, um, especially Daniel, man. He he looked completely crushed and and lifeless at the beginning of this episode of just like, I mean, I can imagine, like, if I did something like that, like, you know, man, I've been watching this show for most of my life, and to go on the show... Finally, and I'm sure he's been trying to get on the show for years, and he finally gets on the show. And then in his first major act, to mess up so badly, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, I, I feel for the guy. I mean, it's and it's enter- it was entertaining to watch him struggle last week, but I feel for the guy. The tough thing about Survivor is I feel like you're so close to being voted out like the decision being voted out to being like winning is not that far because if we just look at last week's episode, if Chanel just doesn't risk her vote, she made the decision by herself. Daniel had no say in that. If she doesn't risk her vote, now you're in a four person alliance in a five person tribe. Daniel has close alliances with everybody except for high. And now you're looking good. You know, Mike's gotten going to have an idol um and you're looking solid now you're on the bottom the bottom bottom the bottom of the bottom you know um and <laughs> good luck daniel you're gonna need it buddy i hate to i hate to break it to you um yeah i mean it seems like in the new era of survivor conservative is the way to you want to start off you want to start off not trying too hard, not trying to be too flashy, because a few different things could happen. You could just straight up lose a, lose your vote. You could shoot yourself in the foot like Tori, and now she's having to scramble just to make it to the merge. I mean, all of these bad things can happen, and there will be opportunities after the merge to go big or go home. But before the merge is not really the time for that. And I think... You know, 42, the, the cast of this season, they didn't really have the opportunity to watch 41 and learn all these lessons. So we're seeing a lot of the same, not the same mistakes, but the same types of mistakes be made of trying to make quote unquote big moves. I mean, look at Brad from last season. Look at, uh, you know, Sydney from last season. Just all of these people that, they were just trying too hard and they really just should have like gotten along with everybody, kept their nose down and made it to the merge and then started from there fresh. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a guy who is making big moves now, which is either good, maybe sometimes good and sometimes bad. Um, Jonathan, another record day for Jonathan. Just picking up win after win. They won the the reward. And Tori calls him out and says, Yeah, I mean, they've got a Greek god on their team. I've got Romeo. You know, what of course I would win if I had Jonathan on my team. And she's right. 
A hundred percent. A hundred percent. She is right. So, do you think that Jonathan is the best team challenge player of all time? Really? I mean, he's up there. I don't. I don't know if he beats, you know, Ozzy. Because Ozzy is like, Ozzy's like, it's a different skill set. But obviously, Jonathan proved himself in the water today, just ripping through that with the trial on his back. Um, and I mean, I think the real challenge for Jonathan is going to be when it comes later in the individual immunity challenges because they have a lot to do with balance and things like that. And it's kind of like built for people that do yoga their entire life. I don't know if Jonathan can hold up, but as far as team... Yeah, that's what I said. The best team challenge player ever. It's kind of it's kind of jarring to look at. He's definitely... I would definitely put him top three, for sure. Well, especially because there's only... They started off with six people on each tribe instead of ten. Yeah. And so he can lift the stuff for the whole team, basically. He can swim... Better than anyone else on this season. He's taller than everyone else on this season, so he can get stuff that's high up. He can lift people up into high places. And we learned tonight that he's a great communicator. He was just like, over, under, over, under, under, over, under. And they ripped through that thing. And like people can say Jonathan's Beast untangling that rope had nothing to do with being six foot three 250 and ripped right. out of your mind that just had to do with communicating which apparently jonathan is really good at that as well now did, when he when they did like the jonathan montage i'm a little bit concerned about his upbringing his dad sounds like a psychopath man a little bit of maybe toxic masculinity, a little bit sneaking in, but he seems very mellowed out for, you know, just him. There's been no red flags I've seen of him just like hanging around camp and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, waking him up to do pull-ups. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Kent Klinger, our father, just waking us up and making us do pull-ups? I well, mean, he would have to be able to do a pull-up <laughs> before he can make someone else do a pull-up, you know? I mean, you you can't make someone else do a pull-up if you can't do one. I mean, I guess you could, but... That would be kind of... Yeah, it would be kind of rude. <laughs> um, man, having a dad like that sounds, yeah, really demanding. Um, so, you know... Yeah, but I mean, I, I like I haven't seen no red flags from Jonathan so far. And even when they try to tease like Marianne and Omar saying, oh, Jonathan is such a loud mouth. What he said, I was like, I kind of want everybody to think that we're a tight four. You know, I don't want people to think that we're scrambling. <laughs> you know, like I like so they win the reward, which is 10 just ginormous fishes fish. They're just huge, colorful. They're big, meaty, you know, um, and Marianne and Omar talk about how John's got such a loud mouth. Just be be more vague, which is funny for Marianne to complain about Jonathan not having a filter. Exactly. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> Marianne, you have no right to talk about someone else 
spilling the beans, talking too much. I mean, the way that she's celebrated when she put the ball into the thing during that first challenge was way over the top. <laughs> Everyone else on your tribe still had to score the ball. You have done nothing. It was a... It was basically a three-person challenge, and it was like, oh, yeah, and then the fourth person gets to throw a ball into a basket. All that she did was throw a ball in the basket first, and she just was acting as if she had, like, they had already won the challenge. Boss and Rob would vote somebody out for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately, Boss and Rob is no longer in the game. Uh, So... Yeah, they, they talk about that. I think it was very overblown. Um, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I can't imagine the hours of confessionals that each person has and how little they put. They I feel like they just had to put it because it was something dramatic that made a sound bite that may mean something. But I don't think it means anything. I mean, they just... I What I liked about this episode was that we had time with each of the three tribes before the immunity challenge. Mm-hmm. So they kind of set it up three different ways so that you basic you didn't really know who was going to final tribal or I mean to tribal council because you had a storyline for each tribe in the in the case that they went to tribal council the stage was already set for for that whoever it was so we weren't able to you know previously know who was going to lose immunity yeah, and that's kind of the opposite of what happened with the Blue Tribe last time, right? They All six of them made it to the merge. And it was kind of like, that's why Erica didn't get any, really any confessionals. That's why Heather didn't get any confessionals <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and now we kind of are just knocking one off, one off, one off. And now if Green goes to Tribal next week, then we've got a 4-4-4. Four, four, four. Um, and I feel like I know pretty much everybody in the in the season right i feel like they've done a great job setting everyone up across the board um did did tonight's episode sort of feel like an old school survivor episode to you like the like because uh, like because it kind of seemed like the way that it was structured like they made fun of roxroy like they had like Everyone's annoyed with Roxroy at camp because he's bossy, which mm-hmm. is like the oldest, one of the oldest survivor oldest tropes. Mm-hmm. This guy is bossy at camp and no one likes him and he thinks he's right about everything. And, you know, so we had that. And then um, we had uh, after the immunity challenge, which was lost by. Ika, we had like a really interesting like debate about who should get voted out. We had some some drama before the challenge happened, and then after the challenge, we saw it play out. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it felt like an old school thing, but it was also like it poked fun at people, which I feel like it hasn't been doing 100% of the time as of late. Like rocks for sure, but also Tori kind of getting a clown edit at times. Did you see? Did you catch the before the challenge with her and Swati, where she just like grabbed her arm? 
Do you think <laughs> no that was reason. a cl- that that to me was not a clown edit? Oh, to me it was. Do you think that was supposed to be funny? I laughed because it's like you know they're about to go, and all of a sudden she just like she doesn't lose her balance or anything. She just like reaches over to Swati and just squeezes her arm. And Swati's like, okay. And she squeezes her arm back. It, I've no, that's weird. That's At least I, I thought it was weird. I thought it was funny. And I feel like Tori is definitely not getting a brain edit this season. Well, I mean, I thought in in hindsight after the episode, in the moment I thought they were trying to show like that Tori and Swati are close in hindsight. I think they were basically just like foreshadowing what tribal was, which was Tori versus Swati. You know, I thought they're, that's just what they were trying to set up. I didn't really like think they were really making fun of Tori. I mean, that seems like a nice thing to do. Like supporting your tribe mate before a challenge, encouraging them saying, we got this girl. There are so many ways to encourage someone outside of just grabbing their arm. She didn't say anything. She could have said, let's go, let's go. We got this. She did it. They, they also, like, I, they, like, lowered all the other noise. And all you heard was just, like, her grabbing her arm. And I, I, to me, that's a clown edit. To me, that's, like, a, a, an intentional, this is clumsy and this is funny. To me. Personally, that's what I think. I liked it. I wish someone would look at me before the challenge and <laughs> and let me know they're there. I like you that. Wish, you wish your fellow barista before every every open at work would just like grab your arm and be like, we got this. You would like that. No, you don't have to grab my arm <laughs> at work. But like, you know, I feel like they're doing something that like transcends words you know, together, like, like, I feel like it was beyond words. The moment that Tori was trying to have with, with Swati. I liked it. I'm, I'm pro Tori. You're going to have a hard time <laughs> find getting me to, to say that Tori did something oh, dumb. Man. I mean, obviously she does think dumb things, but like, I didn't think it was like particularly, you know, a stupid thing to do. Okay, that's fine. I I disagree. I don't think it was stupid. I think it was awkward, and I think that they just left it in there because I thought. I mean, it was awkward. It was awkward. Whatever meaning is behind it is fine, but I just think it was awkward. Um. So anyway, they do the challenge, and uh, they get people to swim out with the boat on their backs or whatever. And Jonathan just like rips through Marianne's like falling behind the boat. I mean. Like he was ripping, ripping through that water, um, and then Omer gets his, but it like floats away, and he couldn't get up to get it, which I thought was was funny. Um, and then uh, Lydia, poor Lydia, man, short people, poor one out for Lydia tonight. Um, you know, that not was, just uh, short, like can't jump, like can't jump at all. I'm pretty sure I would be able to get it. <laughs> And I'm short, and I can't jump, but she is shorter than me and can jump less than me, which is pretty 
short and can't jumping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tough. It's tough to watch. Um, but she she played it out. She tweeted about it. It was funny. Um, she uh, made up for it on the puzzle. She did. She did. So we get to the puzzle. The blue tribe is ahead. Andrea, I don't know if she understood that the colors like matched. It felt like she was just looking at like the shape and just like picking up a puzzle at random and trying to like, you know, put it on. And I, that's not how you win that game, like clearly. Um, so yeah, Orange Tribe clearly won, and then Green Tribe finished in second. Um, it was very close. It was. It was, but I do feel like, I mean, if you watch that challenge, Drea was, to me, Drea was the one that was kind of uh, doing the worst at that part of the puzzle. Um, and they go to Tribal. And no one talks about it because it wasn't horrible. It wasn't a horrible mistake. It was just, you know, maybe a mistake. Um, and then chaos breaks out. And, like, going into this episode, you felt pretty good about Tori's going to go home, right? They had the one where it was, like, Tori's going after Drea. And they really played that well with that soundbite because it wasn't Tori that was trying to go after Drea. It was really swatty. And... It was kind of cool because we got to basically be a part in this where we think Tori's going to go home. Tori's, you know, causing this. But, like, after, like, the first 20 minutes of the episode, I'm like, wait, Swati is, like, causing all of this, like, chaos. Like, Tori tells Rox, and then Rox tells everybody else, and Swati's like, what? No. No. She said, what now? Are you serious? I'm going to have to, like, re reevaluate. And it's like. You know, I feel like with the with the blue tribe, they're just they're not terrible ways to play by anyone, but it just didn't work out for Swati. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, she could have been a little bit more polished in playing every side. Like every good player is playing every side in a way. But just don't tell everyone the same thing. And don't tell every single person that they're your number one. You know, yeah. I think that that doesn't help your cause, really. I, I, You know, every single person is trying to, like, build bridges with everyone so that it's not them. But you cannot do that on a tribe of six people and really get away with it when you're telling three of the other or wait there's <laughs> three only of the other four people maybe four of the other four people yeah i mean i bet she told roxroy the same thing and we just didn't right. see it because roxroy wasn't in that conversation but you know you can't tell every single person in a tight-knit group like that which like they they say they're not tight-knit but like there's only five of you so Everyone's interacting with each other. Yeah. Everyone's talking. You're not really going to be able to get away with that. At some point, you sort of have to stick in the majority and like kind of out someone yeah. and just kind of not tell that person that they're your number one anymore. Yeah. 
that's that's kind of uh the bad thing because i feel like everything went to poo when tori told rocks that Trey had an extra vote and then rocks went and told everybody everything because maybe it was just like a bad read from tori that actually saved her butt because tori was talking about how she needs to make rocks think it's his idea and uh that didn't work out at all because rocks still voted for her you know and and now she her telling rocks that drea had an extra vote and didn't tell anybody forced rocks to go and tell everybody what he heard and then romeo put it together better than anybody else did because he went up to tori and was like what what is happening right now and tori straight up told him everything so really i feel like tori saved herself inadvertently and just because if she had just shut up and kept trying to get rocks to play along or someone else to play along then she would be she would have gone home but rocks just blew up the whole thing it was a bad read on rocks Right, like, like, so there are times in Survivor where having the truth on your side or coming clean about something is actually for your benefit. Because she told Romeo, yeah, I didn't include you in my new group because Swati said that you were trying to vote me out. Correct. And... If that's like, you know, if I'm in Romeo's shoes at that point, I'm like, okay, that makes perfect sense. I'm a rational person. And that sounds like that's what happened. You know, like you're able to put these things together more. You know, it would have been bad if Tori had not told him that. And instead she had said, no, I am not trying to get you out i that never happened i'm in your group if that had happened then tori would be gone right now but instead she came through and connected because of her honesty with romeo okay can we talk a second for rocks because rocks seems like the type of old school player that would lead to these kind of episodes. I feel like for a moment in time, we were dealing with new age survivor players that knew how to blindside each other super effectively, i.e. Shan, Ricard. It was so easy for them to just hold, withhold information and then give out information when necessary. Now, with players like Rox, we have guys that blow it all up. And that is so fun. And I don't know if a player like rocks can win survivor in this day and age, but it's at least fun to watch. Right? Yeah. I mean, rocks Roy is not good at survivor and he's, (laughs) he's the type of not good at survivor that, um, you know, he voted for Tory tonight. And he should have very clearly known that Tori was getting no other votes. Because it's not like Romeo and Drea decided that at Tribal Council. Like, let's get, let's be real. That was decided before Tribal Council. And they probably said, hey, Rox, 
we're voting for Swati. And he said, he was probably said, well, I told Swati that I was voting for Tory. So I'm voting for Tory. And it's like, you're an idiot, dude. I mean, you're not actually an idiot. You're just not good at Survivor. And come on, man. Yeah. That's like, that's a tough thing because I feel like, you know, people are saying Swati told everyone but Roxroy that she was there, that they were their number her number one and it's like I don't think that's true she probably told Roxroy that he she was her number one and Roxroy probably believed her because Roxroy if he tells someone something he's gonna believe it and he doesn't have time for all the fooling around if he's confused about something he'll just say what's up he'll say like he's aligned with Drea and Romeo and if someone says something outside of that alliance that they want to work together and do something he's just gonna tell them and that's the kind of if you're really trying to play an alliance game, that's the kind of alliance member that you want. Um, and it is not, uh, it does not come without its own baggage, I guess to say, because without Roxroy, this whole episode doesn't happen and Tori goes home. Um, this, that's the tough, that's a tough thing. You, in survivor, you have to choose who you're going to play with and who you're not going to play with. And I think this season we're seeing a lot of players that want to, delay that decision and delay that decision and delay that decision and then make it when it comes up and which take out take whichever one is better and you can't do that you know i feel like that's exactly what's happening with daniel and chanel and it's what happened with swati trying to be everyone's number one trying to be on everyone's side and the players in this game are just not having it which is fun and you can't do that when there's so few people on your tribe you need to be in the clear majority on your tribe of five or on your tribe of four. You can't just be telling all of those people, like we've said before, that you're with them because that's impossible. You know, you can tell four people that they're your number one on a tribe of 10. That's something that you can do because likely all of those people are in your alliance. But you are actually going to vote someone out who you have told you're there, you're number one this time. Like, it's just, you know, and it, it doesn't, you don't even have to be an old school player to figure that out. Like, Romeo can figure that out. You know, he's like, that's not good for me if you're this type of scheming person because now it's going to sow distrust throughout the rest of the game. When I'm trying to work with you, when I also know that you're telling everyone else that they're your number one, and yet when we get to emerge, I'm going to need your vote. I'm going to need you to be with me, but other people are going to think you're with them, and how can I trust you? And you can say, no, seriously, you're my number one. Like she said it a little bit differently to everyone. She'd be like, hey, just so you know, you're my number one. I promise you're my number one. And I'm only telling you this because you're my number one. It's like, okay, you're a liar. You got <laughs> to go, you 20 year old, too smart for your survivor player. Oh, man. Keep that Ivy League crap to yourself. <laughs> yeah. We're playing yeah. old school this season. I loved I loved the flashbacks of all of her saying that she's there, he, like they're her number one. I love that. You know, anytime that you could just catch someone in a lie and dog them for it, 
yeah that's hilarious man i'm all about that um yeah i mean you, you can't you just can't do that and you're gonna have to learn to play a loyal game and and a cutthroat game uh as well um so they go to tribal tori says in like i feel like you know young therapist way the vibe is off <laughs> the vibe is off <laughs> tori is not a good therapist i can tell you that much i don't actually she's 24 years old i don't even think she's a therapist i don't know how she could be licensed really she's not licensed she's how, not licensed. how do you know that you looked her she up she can't be okay so in order for her to be licensed you have to go through so many hours she skipped of, a grade okay let's say she skipped a grade she would be Let's say she's four years out of college. Best case scenario, right? So if she goes through the program, she would graduate with her master's, which is the quickest way to do this. She'd graduate with her master's after an internship in about over a two and a half years if she did it fast, okay? So let's say that she has graduated with two and a half years. That puts her right at about, let's say she graduated at 20, Two and a half years. She's 22 and a half. She would have to work her tail off for that year and a half to get licensed. Um, That's what and, she did, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to say? Or not. Like, what is what is the what is the term that you would use then? Like, a, I'm a therapy student. That doesn't that doesn't sound right. An aspiring therapist. I don't want to put that on a job title. I'm just going to call just, myself a therapist. You just put student. That's what SWATI is. That's not no, but she's not like a, a she's not in a specific thing of student. Like even with even with med students, they say med student, right? If you say like LPC, like licensed practicing counselor or licensed professional counselor, whatever it is, student, no one's gonna know what that is. So they're just like, you know what? Just put therapist on it. It'll be great. And it's like, okay, but here's the thing. I bet she gets more clients because she was on Survivor. No, she gets less. Here's the thing. Yes. Okay. Like, correct. That is, you're not really supposed to know a lot about your therapist. Like, you're not really supposed to have a relationship outside of that. Um, But that's not the way the world works. I feel like if if I'm in an area and I see Tori's face and I see Tori as a therapist, you're not telling me that wouldn't, like, pique your interest to go to a therapy session with Tori. You're you're not telling me you're not going to Google her before you before you go and watch her youtube clips from survivor and see wow i don't want her to be my therapist but okay for all for everyone that does that there are also going to be a a some amount of people which is more than zero that are going to want to go to therapy with her for whatever reason and uh yeah so we'll see well maybe she doesn't even have to become a therapist maybe she can just make a podcast and talk about survivor who knows um all right so swati versus tori at tribal council swati says tori's lying tori says swati's lying but the most important part was that tori was rolling her eyes a lot (laughs) a lot (laughs) a lot and then tori was like Swati's clearly projecting at this moment, and Swati's trying to do the thing where, like, you'd convince people you're not lying by being, like, the person 
that's calm and speaking clearly. And Tori's trying to prove that she's not the liar by like using therapy terms, but it's like you told everyone else that you're not a therapist, that you're a caregiver or something. So what's right. the deal? She's she's trying to use the therapist publicly without letting every maybe she's like, Oh, maybe people think that Tori's just really smart and and you know mentally socially gifted <laughs> it's like come on You're, who says projecting who she says- also didn't use it that word correctly i'm fairly certain yeah. that's not what projecting means right she wasn't she wasn't like projecting her anxieties on people she was just like kind of manipulating people with what their anxieties may possibly be be I don't think it's projection. I think that's different. Yeah, she should have used the common sense word that Swati was doing, which is called lying. (laughs) And that's what everyone knew that she was doing because she got three votes. Yeah. And um, we saw another shot in the dark played tonight. Mm -hmm. Did you think this was going to be the week, Joel? No, I didn't. Uh, But here's the thing. Over a long period of time, it's going to happen. If they keep this in the game, it's going to happen. It's going to stay safe. If it is indeed a random draw and not the producer's choosing. Sure. Which I do think it's a random draw. The law of large numbers says that. That's a fake law. If you have, let's say you roll a die, right? And that's the odds. It's an independent thing every time. You could roll a one twice in a row, doesn't matter, right? So like you get a die and you roll it a thousand times. The numbers are gonna be pretty close to one sixth of the time it's gonna be a one, one sixth of the time it's gonna be a two, so on and so forth. So the law of large numbers says, if we keep doing this about one out of every six times, there should be a safe thing rolled. It doesn't mean it will happen once every six times, but as long as it keeps going, it's bound to happen. You're talking about sample sizes here. Yes. And you're talking you know, about the mean. You've means. taken a statistics class. You're talking about the mean of how many times this will happen over a million times. Will be one is that six. it will happen 16 and two-thirds times per 100 times. Correct, yes. Now, the fact is that it's not happening on Survivor a thousand times. We could see this go on for four seasons and never see it once. Or, or we could see it next episode, and we could see it the episode after, and we could see it the episode after. That is very unlikely, but again, still possible. It's and about I, the same chance of Ben Simmons hitting a three-pointer. Sure. And he hit him. He he is go check the record books. He's made three-pointers. Yeah, I know. Correct. So so I we're bound to hit, right? You know, like we are bound to hit and I would love to like see like Vegas odds on the next time someone plays shot in the dark, you know. Give me give me 5 to 1 odds on a hitting. I'll take that for sure every why, time why would you take five to one because 
that that's would, actually that would just be like you know even odds. Yeah, you that would, would need be better fair. odds than that to gain yeah. an advantage. Yeah, but if the uh, if it was like five to one, or you could, or it was like minus six hundred, you definitely take the five to one because those are better odds than the other one. Yeah, you so, definitely so, wouldn't say it's more likely than not to happen next time. It's still way more a, likely to not happen next time. This is a lot of numbers talk for a podcast, but I just I just want to say I am excited for when it happens, not if. I am excited for when it happens. Okay. I hope it ha- it happens at a point where it's not clear who's going home once they're safe. Like it's like they have to revote. <laughs> like cuz tonight it was pretty clear Tory's going home and that you know maybe that's why Roxroy still voted for Tory. You know, just in case she played a shot in the dark. Maybe Swati told Rox, "Hey, I'm playing a shot in the dark." If it hits, you should vote for Tory so Tory goes home. Maybe. Maybe. Um he also looked pretty bummed after the whole the all the votes came out. So, uh we'll see because he also said that he was slipping. I said that he's like, you know, back in my day or something, you know, I'm slipping socially. And it's like, dude, people still say slipping. Like it's okay. Like, you know, we're it's kind of come back around. Like we're good. Um and uh yeah i mean i honestly don't know if rocks 100 percent knew that's where drea and romeo were gonna go why wouldn't they tell him though like that doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't tell rocks for that unless they were they're afraid he would tell swati to play an idol which she doesn't have well from from their point of view they still have the majority regardless and it's like you know, if that was me in that situation, I would say, Rox, how upset are you going to be if we vote out Swati instead of Tori? And if Rox says, I will never vote with you guys ever again, I'm done. If you guys vote out Swati, I would change my vote to Tori. But if he said anything else, I would just keep my vote. So maybe they had that conversation and maybe because Romeo did say, maybe we should just all do what the majority said. And maybe Rox is like having little hope. It's like, oh, maybe they changed their minds, you know? Um, I just, man, yeah, Rox is slipping. He's going to have to get some ground underneath him. Come on, Rox. He said majority, not quorum. Okay. Let's keep it moving. (laughs) Um, All right. That's Survivor pretty much. Yeah, Swati goes home. She says that Boston Rob uh, got voted out fourth. That is, in fact, not true. Um, but there is a Rob that did get voted out fourth. It was uh, Rob Sesterino. Um, and that's who she was thinking of. And she has clarified on Twitter um, since. So, yeah, do we, Swati mentioned maybe she comes back for nope. an all star season. Would you be at all interested in nope. Swati coming back? Sorry. Keep no. it moving, Swati. You're really? toast. Why, I wouldn't mind her coming why back. are we bringing back someone who has voted off fourth for a for a for fun? Would you rather have Brad from Forty One back over Swati? Because I would. No, I'd rather have Swati. I feel like Swati I, could actually win. Brad can't. I, I would rather have Brad, Genie, and JD back than no, Swati. No, not Genie. No, 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 no. Swati would actually play the game. Like Genie, I feel like didn't play the game, and JD was like clueless out there. Um. JD, one hundred percent is coming back. Swati, is not. 
Okay. Brad has um, a better chance of coming back than Swati. Next episode, what do you think happens? Do you think Green goes to Tribal and makes it a 4-4-4 split? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say what will happen in something I haven't seen. True, but you did say that Blue is going to go to Tribal tonight, earlier today, and they did go to Tribal. That's true. I think I'm going to go... I, I, I kind of feel like... Yeah, I kind of feel like Green's going. If Green, grow, if green goes, who goes? Daniel? I think... I think Chanel might go mm. because they kind of teased like Daniels on the outs in the right in the teaser, and I, I just don't believe those. <laughs> if like it that, is a, that is the biggest indicator to me that you're actually going to be safe. Yeah. How do we feel about um, basically Survivor screwing up the whole kickout order and suspense because Tori still has yet to find the beware advantage. Oh, I mean, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that. So they didn't. I spoil wasn't it. either. But it, like it's for just... the average fan, completely doesn't remember that that ever happened. Right. People like you and me know that it happens, but it's not really front of mind when we're watching the episode. Right. So it's only like the crazy redditors that uh, that's throwing off. <laughs> but I feel like that's you can't lose that fan base though. You got to make that fan base happy. You know. Um, uh, they generally don't make that fan base happy. So, <laughs> like that—that's like that's like point five percent of people who watch Survivor. Uh, last question for me on on this episode is Survivor. How do we feel about the three tribe start? I feel like it has really paid off the last the last two seasons. I think if you're doing it like a fast paced season, it 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 makes sense. I mean. I liked having the two tribes. It makes for a more clear overall storyline to me. But three tribes is like you can get to know individual characters better. Because if there was, you know, 20 people out there and two tribes of 10, I mean, there's four people on each tribe. We still wouldn't know what their name was. Like it, it would have been on the screen at some point, but you and I would not remember it. Right. But I feel yeah. like we have a good idea of every contestant and like their position in the game at the moment. Yeah. And I don't feel like anyone has, uh, I really, I really like the three tribe setup because uh, we, we've got to know all the, all the tribes have gone to tribal and we've got to know them all great. Um, and as of right now, I don't feel like anyone is in a superior position as I did last time when it be, when it came to Shan and Ricard um, and heading up into that merge or the Blue Tribe who had everyone there that could have just run with numbers, most likely. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's really paid off because as long as the tribes are even, if you have a tribe of six, that's where it can get messy, but... I really liked the last the last season as well as this season with 
the the tribe layout i think it's been really great um what you got going on this week man um not not much i actually got a couple days not at the coffee shop and had some big assignments due the beginning of this week so i actually got to chill most of the day today and i actually get to chill most of the day tomorrow so i'm getting like a mini weekend in the middle of the week because my weekends are really not weekends these days so yeah i mean it it's uh things are good this weekend um i don't really know i might watch uh duke north carolina maybe yeah big could be fun um but i mean other than that not much going on did you see will smith slap chris rock at the oscars i did um and as as much as uh people want to say that i'm not allowed to have an opinion about it um because of of many things you know i can't wait to hear what all the podcasters have to say about it you know what it's a free country and i can have (laughs) thoughts about anything that i want to as well as can you i thought it was hilarious i was so you know uh I, i wasn't watching it madeline had been watching the oscars in our room and then she came out and we were watching something else and then madeline's sister tori texts and says omg uh will <laughs> will smith just slapped chris rock on stage at the oscars and uh you know i really needed that on sunday i really needed that uh i was kind of half watching and i caught it live and i was very confused because the stream like went out and i'm on i'm on like antenna you know it, i wasn't on like hulu or anything it wasn't hulu i thought like what is happening right now? Well, they cut Something the sound, right? They cut the sound for like 30 seconds. Like, I mean, they, they used that dump button. Like it was, I mean, they just held that thing down. And I've worked in a radio station before. I know what that dump button is. I've never had to use it. That person just laid on that thing for a while. And it was good for them because they needed to. Um, no, and... see, that's the thing that they didn't need to do that. They just let it, let it go. Cursed. No, like they showed this. They showed the slap. They who, can't, they who can't cares? do the cursing. Who cares? The FCC. The FCC is outdated. Why do we listen to them? Because they can sue us. People can get fined. We need to change that is a real problem. the rules then. Well, you can't get mad at the TV station. Like, you can't get mad at the Oscars for cutting it if they're going to get fined otherwise. Stuff like that, that happens sense. all the time, and it gets aired on TV. Have you watched an NFL game? You hear the players on the field? It picks that up. Okay. Pause. Stuff like that happens all the time. Swearing no. gets picked up on hot mics. Yeah. One of the most famous people in the world, one of the most famous actors in the world, who does not have like a vendetta against him from anyone, walks up and slaps one of the most famous comedians in America across the face. Walks back to his seat. Starts yelling at him F-bombs. The crazy that, the craziest part to me is that he open hand slapped this man and then he just walked back to his seat. <laughs> he didn't say anything to him until, until he was he safely back, back in his seat. 
And you can kind of see like Chris Rock is about to square up and like he's like, I guess I'm gonna have to fight Will Smith right now. And then by the time he like was ready, Will Smith was like halfway back to his seat. And like to me, it kind of looked like he was like Will Smith was smirking a little bit. But yeah, like he was proud of it. And like, what did he like? That was kind of thing. It was like he walked back and he was like super proud of himself. And everyone else there was like, oh my God. <laughs> People were clapping and laughing because they, they thought, thought it was, was a, a joke. Bit. Yeah. Dude, like, I, I was stunned. And this was one of those moments where you're just like, I am so happy that I have Twitter because. I got I got like the the Japanese or like whatever whatever channel it was that didn't bleep any of it out was immediately posted on Twitter and I understood what was happening and um yeah people will say like should Chris Rock have made that joke and it's like did you listen to some of the other jokes that were made that night they were not nice like Amy Schumer made a throwaway joke about like Ukraine and it was like, like everyone just kind of moved on with their night. The only reason we're talking about this joke is because Will Smith walked up and slapped him live on television. Like, I think, I think, you know, you can only get mad at that joke as much as you can get mad at every other joke. Um, He's a comedian. That's what comedians do. Like, and I mean, Will Smith was just like, man, I, Will Smith was out of line. I, I think there's no argument that Will Smith was out of line. Um, and the fact that he just won won Best Actor after that and gave like a 10-minute speech about like being a defiant defender of his family, which, to be honest, he was laughing at the joke. Like, Chris Rock said the joke. Will Smith was laughing. Uh, Jada was not. And then he was like, oh, maybe I should like do something. I feel like I feel like he may have like laughed and then felt bad for laughing and he was like how am I going to prove this to Jada that I care about her and then he overreacted by viewing himself as like kind of like a bad husband or something not protecting his wife so he's like how am I going to make this up to her how am I going to stop him and then he did that I feel like if he doesn't laugh at the joke it doesn't even matter he doesn't get up I think that this is like kind of anger you know, at Chris Rock for putting this position and trying to make up for his own mishap or, you know, maybe you don't call it that, but like in his mind, maybe that's something that they've talked about and that she has voiced her discretion of like her, her disapproval of those kinds of jokes and will didn't process that fast enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think that, um, will the joke registered with him. I think he's just like, I'm on TV. I'm supposed to be laughing at this guy's jokes. Right. I know he's making jokes. I'm laughing. And then I think he probably looked over at his wife and then he was like, what did, wait, what did he say? Somebody told him he starts walking up, you know, the fastest slap of all time. And I, I honestly don't know that Chris Rock knew that Jada has alopecia. I mean, we don't know that he knew that. He might have just been trying to make a joke about her style choices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is tough because, you know, if this happens at a a comedy club, 
no one knows about this ever again, right? You know, say a person struggling with alopecia, they walk in with a shaved head, and someone says, like, dude, sick look, I'll see you on G.I. Jane 2 or whatever. Like, unless they're feeling really some kind of way about it, they're not going to yell back, I have alopecia. And I feel like if you you yell back, I have alopecia, then, like, the comedian is just going to keep talking to you. And it's like, that's just, it's bad. It's bad news. So, like, I this whole thing of, like, maybe Chris Rock didn't know. I mean, I knew, and I don't keep up with this stuff. And Chris Rock is in that realm. I don't think it matters whether he knew or not. I think the joke is, like, you know, just as fine as any other joke possible. It's not like... I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not. I'm not gonna compare it to other things. I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah, I. You're totally right. At a comedy club, uh, it 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 would have gotten it. You know, if if someone does call out something in response to a comedian, which I have a story that directly relates to this that I'm not going to tell. I'm not. I am spiritually not ready to tell this story on this podcast. Uh, yet. Okay. But there was a, I was at a comedy club in December where there was a little bit of back and forth, a little bit of offense, a little back and forth and absolute wildness ensued. And, uh, yeah. And who won that? The comedian or the, or the, the person that was in the audience? Oh, the comedians. They're sure. comedians because they're, they're quicker than you are it's literally their job to you know like like to to have comebacks for what you're saying that's what they do like you wouldn't you know you wouldn't try to fight a boxer because that's what they do they are going to beat you in a fight you're not going to try to fight a UFC fighter and you should not try to enter into a verbal sprawl with a comedian. And that's what I like about what Will Smith did is he didn't try to do that. He said, I bet I could slap this man in the face right now and he wouldn't do anything about it. But like, as, a, as an onlooker, I thought Chris Rock played it off about as good as you can. If, if Will Smith gets slapped, if, if Will Smith slaps him, if Chris Rock like hits him back and they just start like fighting on international television and the grandest movie award ceremony of the year that is so much worse than what happened and chris rock is like obviously flustered and he handles that so well and you know i don't think that people are just gonna walk up to stand-up comics and just walk up and slap them and walk away i mean that's an assault that is literally like a uh criminal offense (laughs) right you can only do that if you are a bigger celebrity than the stand-up comic i mean i don't know man i feel like i feel like some comics would still sue oh sue definitely i'm talking about like you can't even get to the stage if you're not a bigger celebrity you know that like a random person walking up on a comedy stage is gonna get taken out by security on like a bigger stage sure like if you know at i mean if, even in a small place like yeah unless you're right at the stage but like there's security there and they're gonna come and they're gonna rough you up on the way out too man where was yeah i mean that was crazy 
because I mean, Chris Rock, I mean, I'm sure he was like, oh, Will Smith's walking up. Maybe he like takes the mic and like says something back. And it's like, nah, he's just going to slap you like real hard. <laughs> and yeah, man, that whole thing was just so crazy. And to see it unravel in front of a live audience. The first Oscars I ever watched was the one where they announced La La Land as the winners over Moonlight. And after watching Sunday Night, I don't think I'll ever miss the Oscars ever again. Because It's not going to happen no matter that was the most interesting thing that will ever happen you don't have to watch them anymore but no matter no matter what they try to do who they bring in what they try to prevent it seems like the night is just full of just horrible, just like random things that happen and it's like who is this event planner you know how can we how can we step up like security measures or planning measures like man it's just insane you know will 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 smith ever get invited back to the oscars don't know um also shout out denzel washington for providing like a fantastic quote it was like when you get to the top that's when the devil comes for you and it's like oh man denzel's like still got it denzel's played mediator in so many of these conflicts like denzel is just like if i think of the least problematic actor celebrity that has had the most impact on everyone. It's got to be Denzel Washington. I mean, that guy, man, he's a stud. Um, just, man, like presence of mind to actually like step in and say something. Because I just would have been like, oh my goodness, guys. Did you see what happened? That's crazy. <laughs> I, like, I, I, man, like, did you see Lu- Lupita Nyong'o behind Will Smith? Will, yeah. Will... Yeah, Will freaked out. Lupita started laughing, and then she realized it wasn't a joke, and she was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's just chaos, man, and it's got to suck to be a celebrity because every reaction you ever have will be on camera. And it's like, you know, just try to play along with everyone else, but if you do it, it's the wrong thing. You get screwed. Um, yeah. That was crazy, man. Wow. Crazy times, man. Hall of Fame TV moment. Yeah. For sure. Um, just as I'm sure episode five of Survivor 42 will be. Um, and yeah. You got anything else to add? No, I do not. Perfect. For Michael Klinger, I am Joel Klinger. This has been The Klingers Have Spoken. We will see you next week. See ya. See ya.